The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What is up, world? I am Keith Rosari, coast-to-coast, and for Scott Farrell all week long. The entire crew is here, Mafia and Carver High as well. Glad to be with all of you, and I'll start off the show. Just take a breath, relax, let's talk sports for the next two hours and get everything else out of our minds and just enjoy life. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to start with some, some bad breaking news that we had this morning. Kendrick Bourne test positive for COVID-19, and what does that mean now? Well, the San Francisco 49ers, they play the Packers tomorrow night, Thursday Night Football. We broke it down ad nauseum this week. We talked about, you know, the Packers issues at running back, Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams. We talked about Nick Mullins is now the quarterback for the 49ers and whether it's Jordan Reed or Ross Dwelly at tight end because George Kittle is out. So that game, Thursday Night Football, definitely lost some of its luster. This morning hurts as well, because now we have this like looming, hanging thing over us as to whether or not we're actually going to have a Thursday night football game. Now, at last report, Packers were still planning on flying out local time at 4.15. So it's anyone's guess, but I'm going to just say that I believe the Packers will fly out there and, you know, provided there are no missteps on the end of the 49ers and no more positives you know, popping up, I would assume the game gets played tomorrow night. Now, if for some reason there are any other people that, you know, either come up positive or with the contact tracing, it's a a little bit leery as to whether or not they can play, whether they're allowed to play, then guess what? Packers are there. They stay and you hope that they play on Sunday or Monday against the Niners. Now, uh, a very interesting thing with Kendrick Bourne being out, uh, he was... I want to get this correct, make sure I'm right. He was the last offensive player who touched a ball in the NFC Championship game that was on the field. It is now basically a a veritable who's who of we don't know. I mean, Jermichael Hasty is the running back, which, by the way, from a fantasy standpoint, I would roll the dice if the game happens tomorrow night. We saw the Packers get gashed last week. They're not good against the run. If Jermichael Hasty is clearly the dude at running back for the 49ers, Roll them into your lineups, and if and if we're gonna do, you know, some 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 little DFS, little captain's chair, little MVP chair, yeah, 
Uh, Jamichael Hasty really may be helpful on the Niner side of things. And I said it yesterday. I think this turns into a Packers just air the ball out game. Maybe some other good news potentially for the Packers. Alan Lazard might be available to play. He's been out for a while. It kind of brings us back to the conversation yesterday about the NFL trade deadline, right? And we played the sound from Aaron Rodgers. And the more and more you kind of think about why the Packers didn't make any moves, you have to go by the assumption that Will Fuller was on the table and the Texans must have been asking too much and the Packers didn't want to mortgage their future. Push comes to shove. I still think that the Packers made a mistake by not, you know, getting any offensive weapons in the offseason. Devin Funches wasn't going to be the, the game changer for the Packers. With all of that being said, Alan Lazard has stepped up. And if he comes back healthy, this, you know, Green Bay Packers team, as constituted, is pretty darn good. They are. I, I, I Listen, I don't know if they're winning Super Bowl good, but they're pretty darn good. It's going to be something we'll talk about uh, today and, and this week as to where the hierarchy is in both the NFC and in the AFC. So uh, we're just kind of waiting right now as to whether or not the Niners and Packers will play tomorrow night. We cross some fingers and hope that they do play Thursday night football. Want to welcome in all of our radio audience. It is Coast to Coast. I am Keith Irizarry in for Scott Farrell. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone out there, for spending your afternoon with us. I want to move over to the Dallas Cowboys, and we're going to talk a lot of Dallas Cowboys today because, one, they're America's team, and yay, we got to talk about them. But for real, they are captivating. They are polarizing. They've got a lot of big names on that team, including ownership, and, and, and they just always find their ways into our minds. And now, Ben DiNucci, right? whose initials are B-A-D, because his middle name is Anthony, so he's bad. Uh, he has been bad. I mean, terrible. Uh, I'm not going to knock the dude. Listen, he's a you know seventh-round choice and, and wasn't ready to play in the NFL. Uh, kudos to him. He's played in more NFL games than me, so I'm happy for him. With all of that, though, he was not prepared to play. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys can't roll him out to a fan say, yeah, we're trying to win. So, Hmm. Garrett Gilbert, Cooper Rush. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh, if you want another, you know, little gambling tip for you, your survivor pick this week: pick Pittsburgh versus Dallas. Um, it's the easiest one on your slate. So if Pittsburgh is still available, I, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm letting you know that I will be using Pittsburgh in my weekly survivor uh, if you want a little nuggets on these two quarterbacks garrett gilbert won the aaf championship he is two for six passing all time in the nfl never thrown a touchdown never thrown an interception either uh the sixth round selection of the rams back in 2014 cooper rush one for three passing in his career no touchdowns no interceptions undrafted out of central michigan so i got question marks I got questions. I got answers for you about this Dallas Cowboys team. And when we get back, we're going to break out the who's to blame. Because it's really simple to say, oh, it's this person or it's that person. Let's crunch some numbers. Let's answer some questions. And let's figure out who's to blame for the Dallas Cowboys. Also, a boatload on the Patriots today. Hey, yeah. Stay right here. It's Coast to Coast. I'm Peter Azari. Be right back. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn-up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we got the trusty phone here. So, yeah, we are back. It's Coast to Coast. I'm Keith Rizari. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Lions officially have placed Matthew Stafford on the reserve COVID-19 list. There's an official statement here. List uh, category was created for a player who either tests positive for COVID-19 or who has been quarantined after uh, having been in close contact with an infected person or persons. Um, If a player falls into either of these categories, the club is required to immediately place the player on the reserve COVID-19 list. So my goodness, things change every single minute. I want to quickly pull up the uh, Detroit Lions while we are um, sitting here and chatting. So for the Detroit Lions, we already knew, by the way, we talked about this yesterday, uh, no Kenny Galladay. So we were discussing the, the uptick in Marvin Jones and the fact that he was going to be a crazy big waiver wire pickup. The Detroit Lions are in Minnesota. And oof, now you got a Minnesota team coming off a, a pretty good win right? Like playing pretty well last week. Chase Daniel probably going to get the start. Not very good if you're a fan of the Detroit Lions. We'll continue to monitor this situation as, as yes, um, we are now continuously in a boat where players pop up on these COVID-19 lists. And Matthew Stafford, unfortunately, guys, if you, and I got to tell my, my nine-year-old son, his, his fantasy football team, he's going to have to pick someone up because Matthew Stafford uh, was going to be his starter this week with Joe Burrow on the bye week. I want to double back to the Dallas Cowboys, and let's talk about who is to blame. It is really easy to sit here and say, this is all Mike McCarthy's fault. Dallas Cowboys players aren't buying in, and by all intents and purposes, it doesn't appear that they are. It doesn't appear that McCarthy is the the right selection. It doesn't appear to be working. But with all of that... Ezekiel Elliott hasn't looked great. He hasn't. He was good early. But that little bounce in his step doesn't seem to be there. Honestly, if you watch the games, Tony Pollard at times looks more electric than Ezekiel Elliott. So then you go to like injuries, right? Let's talk about the offensive line. Tyron Smith, injured. Lyle Collins, injured. Travis Fredericks, retires. And, and I mean, it's been a boatload 
of injuries throughout. Dallas now two and six. Can they bounce back? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to call a spade a spade and just be honest, I don't see how this Dallas Cowboys team wins more than three or four games. Like looking through the schedule, I don't see wins on their schedule. I don't. Washington, okay, maybe. But they've bought into playing for Riverboat Ron, right? And Kyle Allen has played all right. So I don't know if I'm buying in on that. It's so easy to bash the coaching staff, but when you lose your starting court, now they weren't winning with Dak either, but at least you knew what you had with Dak Prescott at the time was playing all world style of QB. All right, let's bring up some numbers because this will kind of help us with who's to blame. 21st in total defense. Terrible. The 33.3 points per game allowed is dead last. The 170, almost 171 yards per game allowed on the ground is dead last. And again, just mentioned those injuries for you on the offensive line. So as much as I'm not a Mike McCarthy guy, I'm not. I think that when you, like, I, I know that we talked about the smugness of Aaron Rodgers, but if you can't work with a, a future first ballot Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers and, and make that work, then there's a little something about you. You know, it's always like, oh, everyone, you, you ever hear this? Ah, oh, someone's mad at me. Like, hey, well, think about it. It could be you, right? It could be. Um, as much as you want to blame Mike McCarthy, what about Mike Nolan? I mean, that a defense is led by him, and it stinks. It's atrocious. Now, last week, they looked good. Had a little fight in them. I like that. But I don't understand how this offense could ever really get kicking. Do you see this offense bouncing back? with with Garrett Gilbert. Like, I almost feel like I want to say Gilbert Gottfried is starting a quarterback. Cooper Rush. Come on. Come on. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are who we think they are now. They are an extremely below average team. And from a fantasy standpoint, all of you shareholders of Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, sorry, it is going to be a rough conclusion to the season. So if we want to talk about the biggest disappointments this year, you have the Cowboys, clearly. Many people were ready to crown them and say they were going to a Super Bowl. Not this guy. I wasn't a firm believer of them. I mean, I thought they were a playoff team. I did. I thought they were going to be the best team in the NFC least. Um, I guess the Eagles are. Okay. But the other team that we got to discuss is the New England Patriots. And we were going to get to this yesterday. We just didn't get to it, unfortunately. We'll talk about Bill Belichick today. So from a coaching standpoint, I think both sides, you know, the Cowboys, McCarthy, Nolan, not that good. Belichick hasn't been that good as he, as well. And Bill Belichick, um, he was on WEEI uh, yesterday, kind of breaking down, like, how this has all unfolded. What it sounds like is is a lot of excuses, like COVID excuses, you know, things that things that you haven't ever said before. No, it's not. I didn't say it was an excuse. I never said that. No, I didn't say you did. Well, then don't. <laughs> right. It's, I mean, look, we paid Cam million, uh, Cam Newton a million dollars. I mean, it's obvious we didn't have any money. You know, it's nobody's fault. It's. I mean, that's what we did the last five years. We sold out and. Won three Super Bowls, played in the fourth, and played in an AFC Championship game. You know, this year we had less to work with. It's not an excuse. It's just a fact. 
facts, yes. Belichick sounds a little annoyed, and I don't blame him. I mean, this is this is a rough season. Two wins uh, through the early portion of your season. You are a first ballot Hall of Fame head coach, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. On the surface, he's right. Spent a lot of money and and got themselves to championships and got themselves to, to Super Bowls and got themselves to wins. Now, let's bring it forward because the athletic always does a really good job. Give them credit on this one. Kind of polled a few coaches and executives, anonymous coaches and executives read you through some of these. Uh, it seemed very on Belichickian to say what he said. You are the coach and the general manager. You have made all these decisions unless there is a veiled message, which could make you think about what they've spent. Read between the lines. Next. I saw that and I thought, why is it out there? Bill never would have put anything out there like that. All of a sudden, it's out there. Something is weird. I'll tell you, something doesn't smell right. Next one. I have always wondered if they just decided to tank this year, especially once they had the opt-outs. Now, we do have to discuss that as well, about the opt-outs, right? And then the last one is, my hunch is Belichick would much rather tear it all down and rebuild it quickly and try to hang on for a few years at nine and seven. It's like purgatory when you're nine and seven. Like no one wants to be nine and seven. That's, that's, I mean, I guess, all right, let me take it back. The New York Giants were okay being nine and seven, making runs to, to Super Bowls, but no one really wants that spot. You're not typically good enough to, to win a Super Bowl or to make it far in the postseason, and you're not bad enough to get a good draft pick. So you're just kind of hanging around. The worst spot to be is seven, eight, nine win team. And that's, what the Patriots kind of looked like coming in. Now, remember, all these opt-outs, eight of them, losing double-digit players from that team last year as well, it hurts. And then, of course, losing Tom Brady. Like, I, I don't believe that it's fair to do the whole who is more important, Brady or Belichick. I think they're both very important. And I think that if you put Belichick over the last 20 years with no Brady, was he going to find a Brady? I don't know. I mean, he was able to win with Matt Castle, right? And for Tom Brady, did he need Bill Belichick? Was he never going to be very good if he didn't have Bill Belichick? I don't believe that either. I think talent is talent, and talent provides uh, you know, the ability to win games, and both of them are extremely talented. My hunch is, I love this one, Belichick would much rather tear it down and rebuild it quickly than try to hang on for a few years. Thumb, something that smells a little fishy. I never thought Belichick would tank, but he's tanking. We talk about the NFL more coming up next, Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Right back here, coast to coast, Keith Rosari with you in for Scott Farrell. We are cruising along here, and uh, the COVID-19 news is kind of just flying through right now. Matthew Stafford on the list. We'll await to see what that means, whether or not he's available to play in Week 9. This is simply uh, breaking news. We don't have the answers as of yet, so stay with us, whether it's through this show or uh, through the rest of the day. On Sports Grid, want to bring in Carver High and uh, first and foremost, how you doing, dude? How's everything going? How, how'd your night go last night? Good afternoon, Keith. Uh, happy Wednesday, yeah. buddy. Night was good. Uh, me and Mafia Pharrell on the bench last night. We had a good time. We'll be back at it tonight and the rest of the week. But uh, listen, midweek, let's rock here, buddy. What do you say? I like it. So we are midweek and we are mid-season. So as we do that, and and I think that I mean we could do this on almost any. any whether it's radio, television, whatever it is, I think it's a great time to kind of like figure out where we are and what to look forward to in the second half of the season. No, it absolutely is. And I've got a couple of things for you here that I would like to get your thoughts on as we hit the halfway point, as you said. Let's start, Keith, with which player is going to be under the most pressure here now in the second half. We've hit the halfway point. Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees. Now, different, all these guys you could say are. Who's under the most? Different levels of pressure, clearly. What do you think here, Keith? I like the way you laid that out, by the way, because Wentz is under pressure because there are the people that are starting to doubt that he's he's for real, right? Baker Mayfield is under pressure because he was the number one overall selection and has high moments, but mostly low moments. Drew Brees is under pressure because this might be the last chance for him to reach a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. But I think the answer is Lamar Jackson, the guy coming off a, a record-setting MVP season. He, he Last year, basically said to all the naysayers, like, you know, bleep you, you're wrong. I am a quarterback. I'm not a running back that throws a football. And, and now we're looking at him this season and seeing – okay, well, those naysayers are starting to look more and more correct. And while the Ravens are still winning games, still very much in the in the thick of things to, to represent the AFC, Lamar Jackson is not, quote-unquote, the reason they are one of the best teams. He's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback right now. There's a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I lean towards Baker, Keith, only because the Cleveland okay. schedule – it ain't easy. I mean, it, it it is easy, I should say. And he needs to get him in the playoffs. It's his third year. They're gonna, you know how they are in Cleveland. They're gonna start yelling at him. I think Baker's got to get that team into the playoffs finally. How about some rookies now? Now this is the non-Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert division because we know that those guys are already making things happen. So here's some rookies to watch in the second half. We know Tua. How about Dobbins now having a good game on Sunday? Maybe he takes off a little for the Ravens. Winfield in the Tampa secondary starting to make things happen. Jerry Judy last week with Locke and Chase Young banged up for a few weeks. Like to see Keith in the second half. If he can get going, who's the one guy for you to watch in the second half? 
So I think Chase Young is the best of that bunch, and I think that Chase Young is going to be a super uber star, but his team's not going to be really relevant when it comes to to playoff hunt, right? Uh, Next one I would say is Jerry Judy. Has had some real good moments, uh, you know, a mossing play on what was that Monday night football. But again, the Denver Broncos not going to really be in the playoff scenario. J.K. Dobbins, you're right. He blew up last week, but at some point Mark Ingram does come back and he will – kind of get into some of the touches and the snaps and the carries. So uh, I'll throw him to the side. Antoine Winfield and Tua are the two that, that come to mind for me. And I think those are the, the two to watch. Winfield, we are seeing him take such a leap in that secondary. In Tampa Bay, if they are to make a run to the Super Bowl, the offense is going to be fine. They will be. Antonio Brown is there. Chris Godwin is, is going to be healthy. Mike Evans is at least moderately healthy. Gronk is playing well. Offensive line is awesome. And then, oh yeah, there's Tom Brady. Winfield's intriguing to me, but I'm going to go with two on this one, mostly because the quarterback is always the person to watch. But secondly, because you mentioned it, Burrow and Herbert have been so good so quickly that Tua has a little catch up to do. And unlike Burrow and Herbert, Tua is going to be expected to win games. Like Burrow and Herbert, if they win games it's right now it's all about proving that they are one or two or three of rookies in the nfl for tua his team is four and three and very much in the thick of things in the playoffs and ryan fitzpatrick was benched for you so if tua lays a a total egg let's say three games from now he's still barely breaking 150 yards passing last week didn't even get to 100 and they still won but if they're losing games and he's throwing for nothing then it's something to pay attention to. So for me, it's Tua. He's the guy to watch. Next up, let's go to some teams. Which team is going to be under the most pressure? You've got the Eagles, who cannot, with the current situation of the NFC East, blow this thing. If you're Doug Peterson and Wentz, like we mentioned, they got to win this division. The Browns need to make the playoffs, finally. The Bills have to win the AFC East, finally. The Saints really loaded up to try to do it again this year. And the Lions, I put their keys because... You know, I think they do need to make a bit of a run. Now, this was before we knew that this news was going to come down with Stafford here a couple minutes ago. But for Matt Patricia, Keith, and for Matthew Stafford, I think they need a run or Patricia could lose his job there in Detroit. I think you're spot on about the Lions. I think that, unfortunately, if Stafford is going to be out this week and maybe next week, they're going to start tumbling and Matt Patricia will end up losing his job. As for the other teams on that list, Lots of pressure on the Bills. I know they're your boys, and I might let you, if you want to, you know, dive into them a little bit. Listen, they won this week. It wasn't impressive. They won. They are in the driver's seat in that division. I don't know how great I feel about them in the postseason, but you said it. Win a playoff series, and this season is probably successful. So I'm going to throw them to the side. I don't think the pressure is on the Browns or the Eagles because I think both of those teams can do, they can play average in the second half and still potentially make the playoffs. All the pressure in the world is on the New Orleans Saints. And here's why. You're five and two so far. You got Drew Brees playing average to above average football and you've been doing it all without Michael Thomas and a lot of it without Emmanuel Sanders. The offensive line is good. Alvin Kamara is good. The defense is starting to play a little bit better. And I'll, I'll throw it out there again. It's probably the last hurrah for Drew Brees, the guy who has represented that city for so long, been the face of that franchise for so long. And I know you got the one Super Bowl win, but 
in essence, has fallen short a lot. Like Drew Brees' career to me feels a lot like Aaron Rodgers, where these two guys are clearly uber stars, super uber stars, and going to be first ballot Hall of Famers and very much deserving of that mantle. But unlike the Bradys of the world, they haven't gotten to more Super Bowls and haven't won more Super Bowls, so they fall just a little bit short. So I think all the pressure is on the Saints. Yeah, they've had some fluky losses in the playoffs the last few years, that's for sure, whether it be the Minnesota yeah. Miracle or, the, of course, the pass non-pass interference against the Rams, but they do have to get it done. All right, Keith, it seems like everybody has already written in stone that Russell Wilson is going to win the MVP this year. That's tough to do with eight weeks to go. He's minus money to win the MVP at FanDuel right now, but I, let me ask you this. I got a couple guys here. Can any of these guys in the second half take that trophy away from him? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and a wild card for you here, Keith. Kyler Murray, if he can get the Arizona Cardinals going here in the second half, could he snatch the MVP? Dude, I love that you threw Kyler Murray on there. He is so exciting, so electric, and putting up sneaky good numbers. But the answer is no for Kyler Murray. I think the answer is no for Aaron Rodgers as well. I just think that as, as good as he's been, remember, Aaron Jones is going to be back at some point, and they like to feed him, and he will. Like I, I don't believe they're going to need Aaron Rodgers to be Superman the entire year. Now, the one that intrigues me, it's Patrick Mahomes. Now, I know that he's played one more game. He's played eight games. Russell Wilson has played the seven games. And when you compare the stats, Mahomes' numbers are very similar. Have you realized that Mahomes has just one interception in his eight games, 21 touchdowns. And yes, he's thrown for 200 more passing yards than Russell Wilson, albeit he's played one more game. Russell Wilson with the 26 touchdowns and the six interceptions. So I think we need to relax, as Aaron Rodgers would say. <laughs> take a pause, take a breath. I think Mahomes can totally catch Wilson. Do, do you think I'm right on this one or do you think I'm off base? I think that if Wilson continues to do what he's doing, he's going to win it. But you're right. One pick so far for Mahomes, and he continues to have this monster dominant season. Is Mahomes going to get into the category where we've kind of got to with LeBron in the MVP in the NBA or Trout in baseball where they're the best player. They could win it every year if you really wanted to give it to him. Let's just find somebody else who maybe deserves it this year. I think Mahomes is going to start to get into that category, Keith, don't you think? <laughs> I, I think you are so spot on. And you and I have watched football forever. From a talent standpoint, I don't think I've ever, with my own two eyes, seen a quarterback more talented than Patrick Mahomes. You know, Tom Brady's the GOAT. But some of the things that Mahomes does, Brady cannot and was never able to do. Mahomes is just so crazy talented, Carver. Now, before we go, I can't, I can't leave out the bad teams, Keith, because the bad oh, teams God. are going to play in the second half. Will anybody out-tank the Jets in the second half and get Trevor Lawrence from them? The Jaguars, the Texans, Whoa. the Giants, even the Cowboys. Can the Jets win a couple games and somebody out-tank them? Uh, you know what's funny is you said even the Cowboys. I actually think that they're the only <laughs> team on that list that potentially could out-tank uh, the New York Jets. I, unfortunately, I don't think the Jets are going to win a game this year. Maybe they sneak out one win, and the Cowboys already have two wins. So uh, I don't know if the Cowboys win again this year. The other teams on your list, Deshaun Watson will find a way to accidentally win one or two more games. So if there was a team, I don't know, potentially Dallas, but I don't think anyone out-tanks the New York Jets. 
There are recruits coming in for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Antonio Brown spoke. We're listening. Catch up with us next. Coast to Coast. Keith Rosario. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back here coast to coast, Keith Irizarry with you as we near in on 5 o'clock Eastern time. More breaking news, Adam Schefter, ESPN, on Matthew Stafford just tweeted it out. Uh, Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford considered a high-risk, close contact uh, from a non-team member per source. His last contact was Monday, which means he would be eligible to come off the reserve COVID list on Sunday and play versus the Vikings pending negative tests for him per a source. This is where things always get dicey, right? Like where you're trying to figure all of this out as to the the close contact part, the high risk close contact part. And again, this goes back to the whole concept of did the NFL mess this up by not having a bubble because if this was not even a teammate, it means that someone in Matthew Stafford's life has it, whether it's a friend, a family member, you know, I don't know. He could have gone to the grocery store, like whatever it is. That's the world that we live in right now, right? Like that's why it's tough too, because we talk about bubbles and as human beings, it's difficult to bubble, right? Because I myself, listen, I, I go out of the house. I put a mask on and I go to a store. I went to King Cullen this morning and did a little food shopping and I'm wearing a mask, but I I'm assuming that's enough and I'm not going to get anything. That's why when you talk about the NBA players and the NHL players, they were in a bubble. There was literally no way for them to leave that bubble without getting themselves in trouble, without leaving the grounds and getting themselves in trouble. And if they had, they'd be booted out. So you didn't want to break the sanctity of, of that safety net, right? Like the bubble. And in the NFL, I think, I think the league has done a really good job. It has. I still think that the day of testing, and I know we spoke to Adam Kaplan about this on Monday, our Sports Grid NFL insider. It's a little weird to me. He explained it and how you know you can't do the rapid test. They they're not as as effective. My heart of hearts believes that still I would do the rapid Sunday morning. I don't know. Pick team, pick player. I still think that I would have. The players do the the rapid test that you get that result in whatever it is, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever it is, because I don't want to risk. I mean, like, so A.J. Dillon and Marlon Humphrey didn't necessarily do anything wrong, right? I know A.J. Dillon apparently had some sort of cold going on on Wednesday or Thursday. They sent him home. He felt fine. He came back and, and no, unfortunately, he had it. But he got tested on Sunday morning, and the results don't come back till either Sunday night or Monday morning. And those two guys then either play in the game or are on the field next to all the you know opponents and their own teammates. To me, it just doesn't. I know it doesn't like make sense. It feels wrong. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. So maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, uh, as we will sit here and await 
Now Matthew Stafford, who has not tested positive, needs to test negative from today. So you're talking about he probably tested today, probably negative already Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. And if he tests negative on Sunday morning, that would allow him to play against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, from a standpoint of, of what we're discussing, I would imagine that the, the Vegas uh, line they'll probably hold off on, I mean, they might even pull it off right now just to see if Stafford is going to be available to play. Uh, Cause obviously if it's chase Daniel, that changes the complexion of that game immensely. <laughs> chase Daniel's a, a, a nice backup quarterback. That's what he is. A, a very handsomely paid backup quarterback as well. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, if you had Matthew Stafford, like my nine-year-old son has, you're in a, a wait and see. So I'm going to tell my son to pick someone up off the waiver wire, like a Derek Carr who happens to be available in his league. Uh, cards on the table. My nine-year-old son is doing his first ever fantasy football league. And it's with a bunch of kids from his, his you know, football teams, flag football teams, lacrosse teams, the, those, those guys. And all the dads were there for the draft as well. And um, I refused to help him. I mean, I, I gave him some advice before time, but he's now nine years old. It's 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 his show, and he's got to draft a team, and I thought he did really well. Went young with a lot of his players, struggled early, now is right back in the thick of things in the playoffs, while the other dads, um, I'm pretty positive most of them are just running the teams. So I'm not, I'm not going to make the pickups for my son. I, I might help him a little bit if he asks the questions, but I'm not making those pickups. Speaking of pickups, we we pivot over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we've spoken about a lot this week. Officially, Antonio Brown is active, and Antonio Brown is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He will be a weapon, apparently, for Tom Brady. There are many layers to this Antonio Brown addition to Tampa Bay. Now, on, on one hand, I think we should start talking about how close Tom Brady and Antonio Brown has, has become, right? Because Antonio Brown, for a lack of a better way to say it, has, has never really adhered to like the system, meaning he, he, he doesn't want to listen to his bosses necessarily. He beats by his own drum. But for some reason, his friendship with Tom Brady has, has made him want to, you know, walk the straight and narrow. And so much so, this relationship that Tom Brady and, and Antonio Brown has, that Antonio Brown is living with Tom Brady. Giselle said, cool, A.B. can move into our house. As a married man, I will tell you this. I'm not 100% sure that my wife would say yes to that scenario. Especially with the baggage of Antonio Brown. But I guess it's the second time that they're doing it because when Antonio Brown was with New England last year for you know a day and a half or whatever it was, uh, he was living with Tom Brady and Tom's family as well. I'm imagining that Tom must have some huge home anyway. So there's a wing for Antonio Brown probably that he can be by himself. And... I guess the way I'm, I'm, I'm trying to picture how you sell this to your wife, Carver high. I want to bring you in, in on this one as well. How do you sell this to your wife? So my initial thought is you walk up and you go, all right, babe. So, so here's the deal. Um, AB's going to play. And I believe that he can help me win a super bowl. Um, I need him to live with us. Cause I need him to see how 
I treat you well and how I treat my children well, and then he can just play football? Like, that's the only thing I can imagine. Like, like this is my guy. You got to understand. He needs a place to stay. Now, you brought up the best point. Brady's mansion is probably so big that he has his own zip code down there in Tampa. So a good selling point is you're not even going to know he's here, honey. Don't worry. Like, he's going to be over uh, across the street at the guest uh the guest uh, two story five bedroom house he's going to take that <laughs> we're going to stay here uh in the seven bedroom mansion he, he's not even going to bother you don't worry about what you've read about him in the papers or any of the allegations that stuff doesn't matter he's going to be across the street at the guest house everything is all good <laughs> the two story five bedroom guest house i love That's it i was thinking house. like a little villa but i think you're right think, oh my goodness <laughs> Tom rolls big, you Keith. You know that. Tom rolls big. He's a, Tom's rolling big. He's got he's got big spread down there. <laughs> Could you sell that in your house? Could you if no. if Mafia needed to stay with you for um, the next three months? Can you sell that? Mafia, I could. Yeah, I could sell that. Uh, sell because you know that, we've only we've only known each other for three weeks now, right? I met for you three I, weeks. We, we spoke for the fir yeah. first time three weeks yep. ago, and let's say let's say for argument's sake, I need to stay at your home, and it's going to make your career better. Like that. That's that's got to be the selling point, right? That that's the thing. Right. For right. some reason, I can do so, whatever it is. I can do something for you, and by me staying with you for the next three months. At the end of all of this, your go your career is going to be better. You think you could sell that to your wife? And do you have the rap sheet that Antonio Brown has or not? Are you coming with that or is I it mean, just you? No. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I I don't actually have that rap sheet. Um, I know that. But, so 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 if you don't, well, I think first, that I could. No, sell I don't. It. I okay. Now it. let's say I do. I now let's say I do have it. Probably not. <laughs> but I think that I could sell it. I think that I could sell it. I think that I could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I feel like I could sell that too. Like I would have to sell the, oh, well, honey, I mean, listen, I use the basement for, for, for studio work and, and the gym is down there. <laughs> like, listen, we'll let Carver stay down there. He's got his own bathroom down there. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he won't, he won't eat, eat with us. We'll let him. You, you know, won't even unless, know I'm unless, there. You, know, you won't even know I'm there. Everything's all good. You, you got a little side door. Side door. Oh little side door nobody will even know that i'm in the place that's how it'll be nice and quiet yeah. i'll just be sitting downstairs you know gambling on mac football on a wednesday night you know nobody's even gonna know that anything's happening keith it's all good was that a radio tease for hour number two where we're gonna get into some action oh man i'm all about action, the buffalo bulls let's go let's go anyway we're, uh, we, we're we, dropping we at 14 and a half tonight keith let's oh, go i like it i like it uh antonio brown uh, yesterday we, we talked about Bruce Arians, right? Today he finally got a chance to talk, and uh, we got some of the quotes for you. Tom is my boy. I've learned a lot from him. He's been a great guy in my corner and one of my best friends. Also talked about his relationship with Bruce Arians. He's a great coach who's always brought out the best of me. No matter what BA says, he always has good intentions for his players. And then when it was about the opportunity to contribute, right? He said that I'm excited to be around Mike Evans, Chris, meaning Godwin, Scotty Miller, excited to put my hand in the pile. I'm going to scream this from the mountaintops. If Antonio Brown falls in line and Antonio Brown realizes this is essentially his last opportunity to be an NFL player, this should work.
It should. There comes a time in everyone's life where it's, you know, which path are you choosing? And Antonio Brown, for the last three years, really, has chosen the wrong path. Off the field, he's made mistakes, and some are pretty heinous. On the field, he's made some mistakes as to, you know, kind of reacted and acted with teammates and with coaching staff. This is kind of that watershed moment. Figure it out, Antonio Brown. Like, this is it. There's weapons around you that you can you can be a part of. Now, we saw in Pittsburgh where there was maybe a little jealousy that final season for him when Juju was starting to play really well and get some of the, the shine, and Juju Smith-Schuster was, was taken aback. He was surprised that Antonio Brown, who was like a mentor to him, didn't necessarily have his back anymore. So Antonio Brown needs to get in, fit in. Mike Evans is the, the red zone guy, super talented, little injured. Chris Godwin is essentially the number one wide receiver there when he's healthy. Antonio Brown fits that third role. Now, if Antonio Brown is the third wide receiver on your team, and he's playing nicely with others, that's awesome. And Gronk is playing well now. You'd imagine that Gronk can kind of keep Antonio Brown in line as well. I told you I like Cameron Braid. I think Cameron Braid brings a lot to the table. And then the rest of that offensive line, you've got some veterans there. And Tristan Wirfs has been good. And then the duo at running back with Fournette, who has got some, he, he's got some pop in those legs. He does. And he's been better as a third down back than a lot of people expected, even though dude had 60, 60 plus catches last year with the Jaguars. And then Rojo, Ronald Jones has been fine too. He's had his moments, a couple of hundred yard rushing games. I said it yesterday, the Buccaneers are built to win a Super Bowl. And part of the reason going into the week nine and forward is now Antonio Brown. So Tom Brady, keep your guy in check, get him in line, and Tampa Bay can be playing in a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Uh, do you believe in jinxes? Because a jinx may or may not have happened to the Dallas Cowboys. Find out next what I'm talking about. Keep it locked right here, coast to coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, Coast to Coast. Keith Irizarry with you. Got some more breaking news. We, I mean, every time we go to a commercial, we get something. So David Aldridge, uh, legendary reporter, tweeted out hearing from multiple prominent player agents that have communicated with their clients that the union is highly likely to accept the NBA's proposal for a 72-game season this upcoming year, and it would begin December 22nd. One agent told David, we have to because the projected losses of waiting later are just too great. And uh, Carver and I spoke about this, whether it was yesterday or the day before. We kind of knew that this was the way it was all going to end up playing out was that the NBA would do this. Uh, the likes of the, the LeBrons of the world, and we talked about this too, right? The LeBrons of the world can can sit and they, they'll be fine. But those younger players or those marginal players, they need their paychecks. They need their money. I think it's kind of cool that the NBA figured this out much quicker than, say, Major League Baseball that like dragged their feet forever and made us wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and then finally get a season. Um, 
But yeah, so we'll, we'll continue. This will be a topic this week that we'll get into a little bit more as more and more uh, kind of shakes out word is Friday. We could have an official decision. Want to bring this up? Good tweet from my buddy Mike Leslie, WFAA, covers the Cowboys and all things Dallas. Uh, today marks one year since the Black Cat ran on the field during the Cowboys Giants game on Monday Night Football. We all remember that. It was ominous. Ooh, spooky, spooky. Since then, if you believe in jinxes, the Cowboys have gone five and 11, and Dak Prescott broke his ankle. End of the season. Spooky. The Giants have gone three and twelve, and Saquon Barkley tore his ACL. The two stars are done, and this has all come on the heels of a black cat. I'm not going under ladders. I'm not going near black cats. I'm not stepping on no cracks. Not breaking my grandma's back. Coast to coast. Keep it locked right here on Keith Thursday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.